Good morning. My name is Cody LaPlante. I'm one of the deacons here at Grace Meadows, and this morning I'll be doing the scripture reading. We'll be in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We'll be reading verses 4 through 5. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive over every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Scriptures are as irrelevant today as they was then. Amen. Thank you, Cody. You're the man, by the way. <laughs> I told him the, the biggest compliment I could ever give anybody. I said, he's David Eldridge in the making, and that's about as good a compliment as I could ever, ever give. So, hey, my name is Dallas. I've got a couple things to hit on before we get into the message. Uh, first, you may have noticed that this area looks a little bit different today. The uh, students are on a weekend youth retreat, uh, retreat and it has been absolutely amazing. Uh, last night I was there and Bella, I don't know if you guys know Bella, but she's a 17-year-old. She came here last year and uh, about this time and about six months ago she gave her life to Jesus and uh, this is the first time she's ever shared her testimony. She shared it last night and I, I prayed with her beforehand. I said, God, just give her a boldness and boy, did he ever give her a boldness. It was really powerful last night. And then Matt, to his credit, Matt Lorenzen, the leader, youth leader, he said, you know, if anybody else has anything that they want to share in this moment, you know, now's the time to do it. And thereafter, seven or eight students said some similar things. Man, God has been so good in my life, this community, everything. Tears were shed. It was just an awesome, awesome night. So I want you guys to know it's been a powerful weekend there with our youth. And another thing, too, I wanted to share about is um, Craig. Craig touched on this as well. But, man, I would, I would love for us, tomorrow is 9-11, and we said we would never forget. And so I want to take just a moment of silence, and then we'll pray thereafter. But I want to take a moment of silence for those victims of 9-11. Father, we pray that you will be with uh, the victims' families. 22 years removed, I know that there's still pain here today for those families and those friends. So tomorrow I pray for just a supernatural comfort and peace for those families and help us to be a people here today that are just so thankful and understand the cost of our freedoms that we enjoy. We love you very much. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, so we're in week two of our Renovate series where we're talking about this command that Jesus gave where he says this is the most important command. In fact, it, it refers back to Deuteronomy 6. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we figured that if Jesus calls this the most important command, it's, it's probably good for us to spend some adequate time there and learning what this command is, what these things are, and how we can submit everything under love of God. And so here today we're going to talk about the mind. And I would contend, based on the scriptures and based on science, that this is probably the most important one that we'll talk about the whole series. And make no mistake, there is a battle going on for our minds. And the enemy can't really do anything about the fact 
that he's been defeated in reality, but he can distort our thinking. He can twist things just enough to where we don't actually live into the ultimate reality of Jesus' finished work on the cross. So today we want to spend adequate time looking at what is the mind and how can we submit everything under Christ and fight the battles we need to fight. Because make no mistake, we do need to fight. We do need to protect our thoughts. It's very important. Now before we talk about that, I do want to define the mind. And I've looked at many definitions this week, and this is a little bit academic, but I think it's important for us to stay here for just a minute. The best definition I could find is that the mind is the energy that forms our brain structures and functions. Now, a couple complicated but important things to note here. That the mind works in the conscious and the unconscious, both. And for a long time, we thought that the mind was just conscious, but it's also in the unconscious. So, that's important because we've really got to pay attention to what we pay attention to. That it's not just a conscious thing, it's unconscious. And so that really raises the bar for our mind. And then two, it's also important to note that the mind is not the same thing as the brain. The mind is not physical. The brain is physical. The mind is what forms the functions and ideas that we store into the brain. See, our brains don't think, our mind thinks. The brain is useless without the mind because the mind is what gives energy to the brain. The mind is where everything starts. The mind is the energy that dictates what gets logged into our brain. Now I know this is confusing, but we're going to keep talking through it today. The idea is that when we focus on something or we pay attention to something, that thought starts to get banked into our brain and our nervous system. And it starts to structure and rewire the way we operate, the things that we do, the ideas that we pay attention to, the the beliefs that we have, the things that we believe about ourselves, about, about God, about the world, all those things start to get rewired based on where our mind is. And that's why where we place our attention matters so much. There are conscious and non conscious things that occur in the mind that dictate everything. And we live in a world today that would say, you know what, it doesn't really matter what you think about, it just matters what you do. And we really know that that's not true, is it? Because in the same way we talked about last week, it's it's ironic because we say these things and and yet we operate differently. So we may say that the thoughts don't matter, but then we pay millions and millions of dollars for 30-second Super Bowl ads. Have you ever noticed that? Because why? Because our attention is an investment into that company, isn't it? They think if they could just get you to pay attention, then it'll start to rewire some of the things that you think about. It'll start to rewire your ideas and how you see the world. And hopefully, over time, it ultimately is in a very favorable way to that company. And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. Good for companies making money and doing all these things. That's great, right? But it's this idea that let's get your attention and then we'll give you an idea. You've seen this in commercials. It's do something crazy to grab your attention. And then here's something that you lack. Here's something that you need. Here's something you haven't thought about. Here's an idea, right? Um, 
There's this uh, commercial I was thinking about this week with uh, Will Ferrell. I don't know if you've seen this commercial, but last year Will Ferrell did a commercial where he's holding this globe. Have you guys, you remember this commercial? Okay, well, I'll just uh, tell you about it. So he's holding this globe, and he says, uh, did you know that Norway has more electric cars per capita than the U.S.? Norway. And then he punches through the globe where Norway is, and now he's got your attention, doesn't he? Because people don't often punch through globes. <laughs> so now he's grabbed your attention. And then he says... Oh, by the way, I have essentially the solution to this problem. If you just buy this, this car that this company is selling, it just so happens that we have the solution to the problem here. Right? It's this idea. It's, it's your attention, and then it's an idea, and that idea leads to structures and functions in the brain and nervous system being rewired in favor of those things that our mind is paying attention to. That's so important. Everything that we pay attention to is so important. It's vitally important because it forms everything else in our lives. And that's why it's important not to dwell in a negative thought. Because the more you dwell in a negative thought, the more the structures and functions change. More and more and more and more. And by the way, this is a great tool that the enemy uses I mean, again, the battle is in the mind. He can't change the reality, but he can distort some things. So if he can get your attention and then promote an idea, that's really his battle plan for us. Things like, did God really say? Maybe God's holding out on you. Maybe you've got to take things into your own hands because God's not really paying attention here. You've slipped through the cracks You've got to take ownership of things. You can't trust him right now. Right? All these things. This is the game plan that he uses over and over and over again. Let's go back to Genesis 3, 6. We read last week. We'll start in verse 1, though, leading up to it. This is his game plan from the very, very beginning. It says this. It says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. So you see that already. Just like the commercials when Will Ferrell punches through the globe, got your attention. And so he uh, puts himself in a form where Eve takes notice and gets his attention. That's so important. He piques the interest of Eve by being more crafty and different than the other animals. Now a side note to that. He wants to get our attention, but he doesn't want us to know that it's him we're paying attention to. That's crucial. Right? And so his best weapon is to, to make us not know that it's him and instead focus on the idea that he's presenting to us. That's crucial. And we're going to get into that in 2 Corinthians 10 like Cody read for us here in just a minute. But let's keep reading. He said to the woman, Did God really say... You must not eat from any tree in the garden. See, he's setting up the idea. The idea is the most powerful weapon that he has for us in our minds. He's got her attention, and now he's setting up an idea. Verse 2, the woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. And 
you must not touch it or you will die. You will certainly not die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened. There's the idea. And you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and she ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was there with her, and he ate it. You see that? Attention, an idea, and now everything has changed. And by the way, this happens all the time. The enemy still uses this same game plan all the time. We know the truth of God's word, and yet he says, yeah, but did God really say that? I know with, when I struggled with panic disorder back seven years ago, I'd read the scriptures, and this was just the mentality he used, an idea, an idea, an idea. Yeah, but, but surely, I know the word says this, but surely God is tired of all your mistakes. Things like that, distortions. Get your attention, distort the reality, give you an idea, or 2 Corinthians, better stated in the KJV, it says imaginations that the enemy presents. And all he can do, by the way, is make us believe imaginations, not reality. And that's pivotal for us to understand. It's not like other things where it's just we have a belief about something and we just hope that it's true. The reality is that it is true. That the knowledge of God, that is the ultimate trump card right there. And so all the enemy can do now is just place ideas or imaginations into our lives. Let's read 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5 again. It says, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now I'm going to read another version. This is the KJV. It says this. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down, now this is so important, highlight this, this is so important. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. See, that's what the enemy has here, it's imaginations. Now those imaginations may be rooted in realities. Maybe you've lost a loved one, right? That's a, that's a reality that you're facing, But the imagination that the enemy likes to use in our minds is to say, you know what, you'll always be alone now. You always just feel alone. You'll never experience any joy. It's just over for you. That's the imagination. Because we know that God is always with us, and there is joy to be found in the Spirit. We know that. That's the distortion. Or maybe a family member really harms you and hurts you, and you just feel like, man, that relationship's ended, and now there's this big void. And you're thinking, maybe there's something wrong with me. Maybe I'm just not lovable. That's the imagination. It's very real, the pain that you're going through. But what he likes to do is to tempt us with ideas or imaginations. It's so important. Now, let's process through this 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5. Paul says that the weapons that we have access to have divine power to demolish strongholds. Now, strongholds, those are patterns of thinking that have been embedded into our brains for so long that we have become held captive by them. 
And you guys know strongholds. If you haven't personally experienced a stronghold, you certainly know somebody who has experienced strongholds. And Paul is saying that we have divine power here to demolish them. So what is that divine power? Well, certainly it is the Holy Spirit in our lives because we can do nothing at all without the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. But it's not just that. What we have also is ultimate reality that's in our favor. Remember, we've got to remember, God has actually defeated the enemy. That's so important for us to remember. Especially when these ideas and distortions come about. We have to remember that the reality, the ultimate reality is that God has overcome the grave itself. And he's overcome the enemy. And that's why Paul goes on to say we demolish arguments or imaginations that set themselves up against the knowledge of God. That's where our focus has to be. That's where our mind has to be. That's where our attention has to be. That's where we have to get our ideas from. Is from that reality of the knowledge of God. See, what God has is reality. And that's why when Jesus is tempted with, uh, with the enemy, hasn't eaten for 40 days, he says, turn that stone into bread. That is a reality right there, that, that Jesus was hungry. After 40 days, you would say he's borderline starving in that moment. That's reality. But ultimate reality for him was far even transcendent of that. So what does he say? Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Because that is the ultimate reality. That's where our focus goes. Our focus goes... On the knowledge of God, preeminent over anything else or any other reality that we're facing. God has ultimate reality at the end of the day. And that's where we need to focus. That's where our minds need to focus. And when our minds do focus there, then it starts to bank into our brains, starts to log into our brains and change the structures and functions so that we have more and more faith in who He is. Changes everything. The things we think on matter so, so much. And that's why in Ephesians, Paul says, he's talking about spiritual battle and getting ready for spiritual battle. What's the very first weapon that he says? He says, the belt of what? Truth. The belt of truth. You have to have the truth. The truth is the foundation for everything. When we, when we fight a spiritual battle, our minds are focused on what is true. There is no foundation otherwise. And now, maybe some of you today are experiencing strongholds. or Maybe there are some anxieties and insecurities and all these things. And, and you feel like, man, I, I just don't know if I could get there. Well, let me just say two things. One, God can change anything in a second. And we've got to recognize that, that through the Holy Spirit, God has done some crazy, amazing things time and time again. And He can change everything just like that. But also, we've got to understand that this does take intentionality and time. That it's a practice, right? It's, it's a practice for our minds to focus on what is good. And over time, those structures and functions will change. Paul goes on to say in 2 Corinthians 10, he says, We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So, how do we eliminate being captive by strongholds, it's by taking captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. 
That means getting rid of the things that aren't good thoughts and clinging tightly to the things that are good thoughts. Now that term captive means to be taken control of. So it's to us to take control of our thoughts. So whenever we hear thoughts or we think thoughts like, you know what, I think God really loves me. And that thought starts to walk away from us. We say, oh, no, 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 you get back here. You belong to me. God has given me the the knowledge of himself, and you stay with me. I take you captive. I take control of that thought. That thought's not going anywhere. It's staying right here with me. But the thoughts that say, you know what, I have to fear death, that thought can keep walking. That thought can go on. I can release that from the forefront of my mind. That is taking control of our thoughts. Things like Isaiah 26, 3 and 4. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Trust in the Lord forever. For the Lord, the Lord himself is the rock eternal. That thought right there can stay. I'm taking control of that thought. That thought's not going anywhere. I'm going to meditate on it. I'm going to dwell on it. I'm going to stay there. That thought is in my captivity, and it's not going anywhere. Things like Psalm 16, 8. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. That thought stays. That scripture stays. It stays not just banked into my brain, but at the forefront of my mind. I dwell there. I meditate there. All day in these realities and these truths. Like 2 Timothy 1.7, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Man, I'm going to sit on that one. i got to sit on that one. Because all the culture says, you got to fear, you got to fear, you got to fear. No, 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 I'm going to reject that one. That thought doesn't slip in. I'm going to actually focus on the knowledge of God, the fact that he has given us a spirit not of fear, but of power. That's where my mind has to focus. When that thought goes away, I bring it back. I say, no, no, you're my captive. You stay. John 16, 33, I've said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I've overcome the world. That thought is firmly planted. That thought just has to stay and manifest itself at the forefront of my mind so that it can rewire everything in my life. It all starts in the mind. It starts in the mind. Our attention goes to the knowledge of God. And that's so important. Things like you got to fear death, things like you got to worry about so and so, things about, you know, those thoughts keep walking. I mean, you don't get a second of of my attention. You got to go on somewhere. You got to move. You got to keep walking. I mean, picture like just people walking through a line. You know, nope, this one, keep going. You don't get a second of my time. This one, okay, if God is for us, who can be against us? Okay, you stay. You're in my captivity. You're not going anywhere. I'm holding on to you. And guys, I think we as a church, we have such an opportunity in a, in a world that fears and man it's just the mind is just being destroyed we have an opportunity to show the world a completely different way forward to say the enemy doesn't get my mind because that belongs to the knowledge of God it's so important for us everything starts in the mind and then one day 
with enough intentionality and God's grace in the process, we hope to get to a point where we can say what David said here in 2 Samuel 22. He says, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold. He is my stronghold. My refuge and my savior from violent people, you save me. Guys, in an era where strongholds of the world are so common, with, with enough t- intentionality for us to say, we're going to take every thought captive. We're going to allow every thought to bank into our brain and our nervous system to, to allow our faith to grow. That's, that's really the way forward. And one day we could maybe say, you know what, God is my stronghold. I mean, these other thoughts, they, they don't even get a second glance because God is my stronghold. All my confidence is reserved for him. I trust in him. He is my stronghold. That is where we need to be. See, we don't live he- leave here and dwell in things that the enemy puts in our minds, imaginations. We dwell in the reality of who God is. Just like Paul in Philippians 4, man. you got to think that the enemy has really tried him getting his attention and giving him ideas or imaginations. I mean, he's sitting in a jail cell, and you got to think the enemy's saying things like, if God was good, how would he treat you like this? I mean, you're sitting up in jail, and all you've ever done is really try to bring glory to his name. But what does Paul say in Philippians 4? He says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, Whatever is excellent or praiseworthy, I will focus on those things. His mind went to the reality of God, the knowledge of God. So, the question is, what about us? Where is our attention? What are the ideas that we're paying attention to? Is it anxieties? Is it insecurities? Is it pride? Is it all these things that are forming us? Or is it... At the end of the day, the knowledge of God. Because here's the thing. Jesus tells us in John chapter 8, he says, You will know the truth, and the truth will do what? Set you free. Guys, it's a great morning to experience the freedom that only he offers. And it starts right here. It starts right here. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the truth of your word. We thank you that you do have the ultimate reality. It's all in your favor. So help us to be a people who really cling to that. And Father, help us to see the schemes, the attention that the enemy tries to get from us and the ideas that he puts in our minds because that is the most powerful tool that he has left is an idea. An idea that deviates from the truth of who you are. And so God, help us in those moments to just see that those are lies from him and help us to be remade in the knowledge of who you are. Father, help us to take captive every thought, every thought that is of you, and to let the others just get walking. Father, make us a people who just are wired after confidence in you because there is a lot to have confidence in in your name. You're such a good God. You're such a good father. You're such a good friend. We're so thankful for who you are. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Hey, during this time of worship, if you need somebody to pray with, man, I say it every week, but I really do mean it. I would love to pray with you. Uh, If you need to come to the altar to respond, stay in your seat and pray, or just worship your guts out, let's do that during this time.